0: You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Baguet. A Florida native and environmental advocate, I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future. So, Welcome, everyone, to Resilient Forward. We are here with a very, very cool company, Golden Solar, with Darren Golden. He's the CEO of Golden Solar. And he's going to educate all of us on the benefits of going solar, on battery power, on Tesla's, and a bunch of other interesting um, uh, services that that Golden Solar does provide. Um, so, Darren, talk to me about how you got started in this business to begin with.
1: So, so first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is really uh, exciting for for me and definitely one of the major parts of what we do is education and, and this is certainly an excellent outlet for, for us to kind of spread the word. So, so thank you for, for having me. Uh, the way that I got started in solar is is pretty pretty interesting. So, so I, I went to college for engineering. I studied structural engineering and then I went to grad school for construction project management. I realized that I wanted to be in the middle of the project, I wanted to, I like people, I want to interact with people. Uh, I like organizations and wanted to to do, you know, coordination and and all the kind of, see the project getting built, something very uh, tangible, and very satisfying about construction. Uh, When I was an undergrad, I learned about U.S. Green Building Council and I learned Mm -hmm. about LEED certified projects. And I said, this is really cool. We're not just building, but we're building with a very particular purpose. And I found it to be very exciting, but what I learned was as an engineer, engineers don't really get to specify materials. Engineers don't get to design it. It's really, that's really between the architect and the owner. The owner says what they want to build or how green their project is going to be. So I got out of grad school and I worked as a construction manager and as a superintendent, a project manager, building schools, auditoriums, I built homes, I did commercial office interior build outs. But I was always looking to say, how do I get into the green renewable space? Uh, in 2013, I had the opportunity to work as an assistant project manager for a utility scale solar farm.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So I was hired by a large general contractor that is uh, based in Miami, but I was, I was uh, brought to North Carolina mm-hmm. to build a utility scale solar farm. So I think it was 56,000 uh, solar panels. Wow on a single axis tracker. So they're, they're moving, they're tracking the sun from east to west throughout the day. And, and it was to power basically the iCloud. It was for Apple. Oh. Yeah, so it was really cool, it was massive. It was 20 megawatts, uh, solar panels as far as the eye can see. And I fell in love with solar. I said, this is it, this is my calling, this is what I wanna do. But I realized that the life of a solar farm installer is basically going to places that are remote, where land is cheap. You know, and and working there for probably about four to eight months, building the solar farm and then going somewhere else.
0: Right. So it's very transient.
1: Very transient. Exactly. So I said, I I love solar. I want to do solar, but I want to basically go back to the city that I'm from, uh, you know, put down my roots and and bring this to people. Uh, I decided I wanted to do rooftop solar. So after I had completed that installation, I went back to Miami, took my, my licensing exams, uh, took basically like a hands-on training course and uh, really just hit the ground running.
0: That's great. Well, congratulations. I mean, um, you're one of the top-rated installers here in Miami-Dade, or I guess South Florida. At, at this point, you probably have expanded beyond just the, you know, the Miami-Dade market. Um, talk to me about, you know, the reception that you get um, from your clients, and, um, and and you you have obviously you have residential and commercial clients there's a big difference. So kind of talk to me about that and how that works.
1: Sure, sure, so uh, I'll try to answer all that. So, so th- <laughs> Thank you, first of all, we, we really do try to put our customers and uh, their, their needs first, and, and I think uh, you know we've seen the, the, the reaction of our customers for that. Uh, we, we have grown very fast. Uh, we started out in Miami, and we now have offices in Miami, Vero Beach, and Orlando. So we really serve the whole I-95 corridor. We have the occasional uh, Tampa projects. Uh, we're we're installing approximately ten to fifteen systems uh, every week. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's been very interesting. So we've been doing this for just about six years. We're incorporated in February two thousand
0: and fourteen. Okay, so, coming so right our, coming out of the recession, you 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 got your start.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the interesting thing about solar is that I think that it, it makes sense for everyone because mm-hmm. it saves people uh, money on on their power bill, and, and of course it does right by by the planet, but. You know, you asked me the question about general public's reception to solar. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting for us having uh, been doing this for six years is that we can see the the general public's level of knowledge and excitement about solar, uh, you know, over time. Definitely six years ago when, when I started, if I was in a sales appointment with a prospective customer... It, it, the level of knowledge was just completely not there. The nature of the conversation, you, you know, might be the customer saying something to the effect of, so this is uh, going to heat my swimming pool, right?
0: <laughs> right, right. You know,
1: and we have to take 10 steps back and say, no, that's solar thermal. We're doing solar photovoltaics. We're going to use sunlight to produce electricity. Uh, and then people would see the price tag and it gets sticker shock and they'd be terrified. And and nowadays we sit down with a customer and, you know, we start to explain to them net metering and they say, no, no, I, I already understand all that. Why don't you tell me what products you use and what makes, you know, y- your company unique and what your means and methods are. So so
0: definitely the consumer base has evolved quite a bit. That's great. Absolutely. That's great. Which, you know, makes your job easier, obviously. For sure. <laughs> Especially in the sales calls. Definitely. Um, so just to give our um, listeners some perspective. So we're, we're sitting in Darren's house and right now it's being powered um, basically, by solar panels that are attached to battery backup Tesla battery backups um, walls. They're called power walls. Power walls, yeah. The coolest things, and you know, go on to the website to our website and check out the the photos that we that we have. Um, but of these power walls are the coolest things, and 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 you showed us how you can shut off the regular uh, grid power from the utility and just basically basically we're sitting here like if there were, like if we lost power.
1: Exactly. And, and it doesn't
0: feel everything's running, the lights are on. Yep. Everything's running like fine, yep. the AC's working. Yep. <laughs> we're not dying. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: so talk about that and, and 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 give us some um you know your perspective on going net zero because that that's the ultimate goal, right? For, sure. for for everyone. Absolutely. Eventually.
1: Absolutely. So just kind of basics of terminology The the most common system that we install for our customers is what's known as a grid-tied system. So grid-tied system uh, by itself typically doesn't include batteries, right? So the the, the components to the most basic solar system are gonna be solar panels, which produce direct current from sunlight, an inverter that changes direct current to alternating current, which is what the home uses, and basically a bi-directional net meter that's gonna be installed by uh, FPL, by the power company. And the purpose of the net meter is to measure electricity flowing from the home to the grid or from the grid to the home. And so we kind of solve the problem of timing of of the home. So if a solar system is uh, capable of making a home net zero, that means that on an average month, the solar system can produce the same amount of electricity that the home consumes on an average month. It's not necessarily when, but that's where net metering comes in. So on a typical day, for example, it's going to be daytime. There's nobody home. No power is being used. The sun is out. It's producing a whole lot of uh, electricity. That power is back-fed onto the grid. And because it goes through that net meter, that, that account is credited for all the power that it gave the grid. Mm. And then at night, when everybody's home and using electricity, um, then it comes back. Fr- and there's no solar power because it's nighttime. It comes back from the grid so the idea with net metering is if you make your delivered power equal your received power then then you can be net zero meaning you're you're essentially self-sufficient
0: yeah so that's basically you know it makes total sense and um you know something that everybody loves to ask about you know solar power and when you're using it in your home is the, the bills the sure. electric bills yeah and what do those look like and and do you start seeing the payoff and how and by by when do you start seeing the payoff
1: definitely because definitely. you know
0: it's a big expense to you know install these systems obviously
1: definitely so for our customers that are uh, able to be net zero meaning they produce as much electricity as they consume we can get the power bill to be uh like nine dollars and change around $9 wow. and and what our customers <laughs> and what our customers are paying for with a $9 uh, FPL bill is essentially the uh, administrative uh, fee so here I just pulled up one of my yeah
0: whatever it takes to print out the bill or you know login or yeah. you know
1: yeah so it's, it's the administrative charge yeah. it's like a basic residential service which is like seven dollars and change plus some taxes brings it up to you to nine dollars here's here's a real bill of mine it's for nine dollars and 89 cents because on this particular month, I produced as much as, as I consumed. Um, you know, we're aware that it's that it's all about economics to really get people mobilized sure. to want to install this stuff. And we have, we have basically like two uh, ways of viewing it that we think makes solar an attractive investment to our customers that pay cash, meaning they're paying by their own means. Mm-hmm. Um, we aim for a seven-year break-even period, meaning the money that you get back from your energy savings is gonna equal what you paid over those seven years. After about seven years. And of course that does factor you know, the, the federal tax credit. Sure. But any investment that you make your money back in seven years, I think it's pretty good. And then alternatively for our customers that, that don't wanna pay cash uh, that opt to finance, what we aim to do is make their monthly finance charge equal or less than their average power bill.
0: Wow. Okay. so I'm glad you brought up financing. So your company uh, does that does that privately or do you or do you also go through the PACE program, which is a property assessed clean energy program that exists here in Florida?
1: Absolutely. You do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, We don't believe that one size fits all. Sure. We believe that there's multiple solutions and and different solutions are gonna make sense to to different people. Mm -hmm. Uh, By and large, the two categories of finance are known as an unsecure loan and a PACE loan. So an unsecure loan is a personal loan. Like a bank. Like a bank, it's Mm -hmm. credit based. Uh, There are programs that specialize in solar Mm -hmm. because the banks understand that solar is something that is attractive for them to lend money to a borrower because your debt to income ratio doesn't change. Right. In other words, the, the bank doesn't have to worry about where is the customer going to get the money to pay back this loan because they're lending them money for a product that's going to save them money. Right. So so that's an unsecure loan, which is, a per, which is again, a credit-based.
0: They're going to be able to pay back that bill with the savings that they're getting, but not paying their energy bill.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then, and then the other category of loans are, like you mentioned, the PACE loan, a property-assessed clean energy loan. I like to think of it as it's not the individual person borrowing the money. It's the house that's borrowing the money. The property. The, the property. property. Exactly, because it's paid back via the property taxes.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you know, some people find that attractive because let's say you sell your home, it stays, that, that debt stays with your property. Um, so your, you know, whoever buys your home ends up assuming that debt.
1: Exactly, it stays with the property. Right. It's on the property taxes. It's an assessment, just mm-hmm. like roads and schools or anything else sure. that's paid through the property taxes. It's important to note, uh, you know, full disclosure. It is dependent on how the mortgage lender of the buyer feels about it.
0: Of course, right.
1: So some mortgage lenders are okay with it. Some mortgage lenders are going to say they don't want that assessment to be on the property tax bill, and in that case, it needs to be paid out. But, but generally speaking, a uh, pace loans are transferable to the buyer because it's because it's all done through the property taxes.
0: Right. So um, we talked about energy bills. We talked about you know obviously the payback. Um, and I mentioned the power wall, so I want to get into that because, yeah. you know, sure, there's solar panels. And then, you know, and here in Florida, obviously, eventually we're going to be back in hurricane season. <laughs> and so everyone knows that, you know, just a little tiny tropical storm can, you know, get, take you off the grid for weeks yeah. like I had to deal with. Yeah. And yeah. so personally, and so I know how horrible that is to be without power. So the battery is an amazing backup, and not just during storms, just like any outage, right? Sure,
1: sure, yeah. So, so definitely, Hurricane Irma took most people in South Florida off the grid for two weeks, three weeks. Um, definitely. So, so in a regular grid tied system, it's really you know about the financial performance. Obviously, in addition to the fact that you're offsetting your carbon footprint, but for customers that want to benefit from solar production to have power during an outage, uh, they, they will also need a battery. So that system is known as a grid-tied battery backed up system. Mm-hmm. And the way that that system works is as long as the grid is operational, the battery is fully charged in standby mode, ready to kick in if and only if the, the grid goes down. Mm-hmm. So so in regular operation in a grid-tied battery backed up system, you're buying and selling energy with the grid. And then when the grid goes down, then the batteries kick in and back up the home. And on my home, I, I installed Tesla Powerwalls. I installed them about two months ago. So one of, the, one of the most amazing things about the Tesla Powerwall is that it's an AC coupled battery, meaning that it connects on the AC side of the inverter. And what's so, what's so amazing about that is it makes it work with any type of solar equipment. So there's many different types of inverters. Right. There's string inverters, DC optimized inverters, there's micro inverters. Uh, any, any other battery that's typically a DC battery is really dependent on the inverter technology. And what Tesla did so brilliantly is made their battery an AC battery so it can work with any Anything. type of inverter. Yeah, absolutely. It can be a retrofit onto a, an existing solar system, which is the case of my house. Or, or we can integrate it with a brand new solar system. And, and so it, it works amazingly well. It, it allows, uh, in my case, I can basically charge all of my loads with the batteries, uh, that I have here.
0: And we're, we're, we're sitting here enjoying the battery backup that you have right now. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just, also powering. It also can power your car because you also drive a Tesla, right. which is very nice. And uh, you showed us when we were walking in how you can connect it right from your wall from outside.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so I probably won't, if I'm in a real backup mode, yeah. I probably won't charge my Tesla from the power walls yeah. because I think my Tesla like a 90 kilowatt hour battery and my three power walls are are 40 kilowatt hours. Right, so you
0: would blow it up right there.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd probably what I would do is use my power walls to charge the entire house, Mm -hmm. to power the entire house. And then I would take my car to a supercharger to recharge that and then then drive back.
0: So we're still in hurricane um, conversation because to me it's very interesting because I hear all kinds of different um, comments about solar panels and hurricane season and how that works. And some people say, no, you got to take them down. During a hurricane, and you know, can you walk me through that because I I, I want to put you know a good perspective on that mm-hmm. and how that actually works during hurricanes.
1: Yeah, so so every system we've ever installed, we've installed with permits, meaning it, our, our engineering has gone through the scrutiny of the building departments of the authorities having jurisdiction, mm-hmm. and in order to get a permit, we have to design systems that meet Florida building code. Right. There's a wind map that shows what wind speed we have to design for based on where we're uh, going to be installing throughout the state of Florida. Generally speaking, in South Florida, we're designing for 175, 180 miles per hour wind speeds. That's very high. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's essentially a cat five. Yeah. So when our customers tell us, do I need to take my panels down during the hurricane? Generally speaking, I say, no, leave them in there. They've been designed for this. And that's true for, for the racking that we select. That's true for the frequency of the structural attachments. Right. That's true for the lag bolts, the depth of embedment, the, the, the diameter of the lag bolts. Uh, that's true for our panel selection. We pick panels that have a very high uplift pressure rating to be able to, to meet those uh, requirements. So, so I tell my customers to leave their systems in place. And, and one thing that uh, you know I like to kind of point out is that a solar system will structurally reinforce a home. So if you think about a regular home having wooden rafters running in a certain direction, the the rails that the panels are attached to are gonna run in that perpendicular direction mm. on the exterior. And that kind of amounts to a, a cross bracing.
0: Okay. Kind of so structurally you,
1: reinforces that. Yeah, the house.
0: so you are. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. That's yeah. that's very good. Well, thank you for enlightening most of our uh, listeners because that's always a question that comes up. And I've never really had an expert Um, To to give me that answer.
1: Yeah, my my take is I don't think that the panels are gonna get ripped off in a hurricane now Can a two-by-four come in and torpedo into a panel? Yes, but you would just replace that one panel, right? And that and that panel is gonna take that two-by-four instead of the roof,
0: right? Um, Let's talk a little bit about the lead certification and the lead points that you get on a building whether it's commercial or residential um, but mainly commercial because that's mm-hmm. basically what we're seeing mostly, you yeah. know, lead lead um, lead projects. Um, talk to me about how that works and, and you know the benefits that that developer gets sure. from installing solar.
1: Sure. So so lead stands for leadership in energy and environmental design, mm-hmm. and that's the certification system of the U.S. Green Building Council to basically certify that a that a building is a green building. There's different levels of certification depending on how many points it gets in the lead system. But really, if a developer wants to know or wants to show the world that their building is a green building, that's, I mean, there's multiple systems, but that's the most common green building certification system. I like to think of it as similar to USDA organic. Somebody might say it's organic, but if they, if they don't have, you know, a badge, if they don't have a third party, you know, confirming it, then, then it's really just kind of hearsay. So, so the most common system is LEED. Uh, we've had the privilege of doing solar on uh, a number of, of buildings that, that used our solar panels to get points towards becoming LEED certified. One of the more uh, well-known projects that we had the privilege of working on was Alexander uh, Montessori mm-hmm. School in Palmetto Bay. So they had us put solar panels on a gym. Uh, on on their campus right. towards lead points, and what was really interesting there is that the building that they were building to get lead certification was a different building, but they put the panels on the gym, and, and I guess it got to transfer the points over
0: oh, to okay. the new building
1: that they were building.
0: Okay, well yeah. that's an interesting way to get around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, okay, so you know, obviously there are benefits to building lead, and um, you know. I'm I'm very impressed with with your company the your the mission of your company because you don't just talk the talk you walk the walk you actually live it yeah um, thank you we're in your home it's beautiful and you have this green living wall in your in your yard I mean you have all these beautiful elements of of, of a sustainable lifestyle so it's it's great to see uh, a company and an owner really you know taking that mission to heart. So congratulations Thank there you. And on that. Thank point, you very much. Really, you know, it, it, it makes a difference, and I'm sure you're seeing that with the kind of clientele that you've you've gotten, um, you've you've fortunate to have now. I mean, and I know business is good because consumers are starting to you know really pay attention to climate change and yeah. all the you know environmental challenges that we're faced faced with, and we we all know that it's all our carbon footprint. Right. It starts with the individual.
1: Exactly.
0: So so it's great that you're able to provide the service, these products and also educate folks at the same time. So congratulations with that. And um, we like to end our podcast episodes asking everyone the same question. And it is what does resilience mean to you?
1: Great question, great question. So resilience to me means that you can stay where you are if you know a weather event that looks like it's really intense you know is, is coming in your direction. So, you know, arguably batteries don't have the same return on investment that solar panels do because solar panels directly save you, uh, you know, money on your power bill. Batteries is more like buying peace of mind to know that you have power if the power goes out. But something like Hurricane Irma took, you know, Floridians uh, uh, without, made Floridians have no power for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So what would that mean? That would mean traveling to a hotel, staying in a hotel for weeks. Losing all the food in your refrigerator would all go bad. Uh, that would mean figuring out what you're doing with work, maybe taking the kids out of school. So, so for me, resilience means being able to live exactly where you are, being able to live the lifestyle that, that you're used to. We don't, we don't want people to have to feel like there's this you know, epic trade-off that they have to go back to leaving, living minimalist lives without air conditioners. We want people to be as comfortable as they are in their regular day-to-day, as if the grid was on, uh, in in an event without the grid. So, so to me, resilience is when when a big, scary hurricane is coming our way, we can rest assured that uh, you know our customers that have solar, that have battery backup, are going to be that one street on the block that has power, you know, giving out cold beers to their neighbors um that's that's resilient for us
0: that's great and i, I know exactly where i'm coming to after for the next storm
1: please
0: <laughs> at least for some cold beer absolutely darren thank you so much for joining us on resilient forward we really appreciate it we love to highlight folks that are actually doing um and really working towards resilience in our communities and um you know taking us forward so thank you so much
1: thank you it's uh, been my pleasure <laughs>
0: for listening to Resilient Forward. Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com. Join us next time. And remember, our environment is our economy.